0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike
2: podcast on ESPN Radio. Oh, Vrabel didn't choose to not be in Tennessee. They chose for him to not be in Tennessee. This is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Time now for Hot Ticket, brought to you by Vivid Seats, the official ticketing partner of ESPN. Great deals on the hottest tickets. Experience it live. So before, guys, we dive into the variable part of it, where's the hottest ticket for next year of the openings? Where's the one place you say, I'll buy a ticket to that opening because I think they're going to have a really good situation next year?
1: Ooh.
2: um, Let's review what we have. We have the Chargers. mm -hmm. We have the Raiders. We have the Falcons. We have the Panthers. (sighs) Mm -hmm. And am I missing one? Well, there should be a, Oh, and the Titans. The Titans, the Titans. The Titans yeah, the sorry. Titans, Titans. The Titans. Those are the five we know of right now. Which one do you have the most belief that they're going to hire the right
1: person to make it a hot ticket brought to you by Vivid Seats? Ooh, that they're going to hire the right person? I would probably go with the commanders, but I'm excited to see what the Raiders are going to do just because of what we got from Graziano in the 7 o'clock hour that Jim Harbaugh could be the, the presumptive front runner for the Raiders' job. Like, like, like if he decides to make the leap... Jim Harbaugh, knowing that Tom Brady's associated with that organization to some degree, the Michigan connection, like Jim Harbaugh with the Raiders, a former flagship franchise in the NFL, it just, I don't know, there seems like there's something sexy about that. They always go out and try to make the splashy coaching hire. Jim Harbaugh would certainly be that in this cycle.
3: And that's why I'm going to pick the commanders, because they also were once a proud crown jewel of the NFL that has fallen into disarray. But with this new ownership group, they have taken some pretty important steps into identifying who the right leader is going to be for this team. When you have Josh Harris in that group with Magic Johnson. Washington, I didn't
2: mention them. I apologize. That's okay, yeah. yeah
3: when you have Josh Harris and Magic Johnson and that group involved, and they go out and they bring in Rick Spielman, former Vikings GM, and Bob Myers, who put together the dynasty of the Golden State Warriors, and you're going to have that group of people selecting who your next head coach is going to be, I think you're
1: in pretty good hands.
2: So the Vrabel, Bob Myers will have to leave the suite with CeCe um, to go and run the Commanders. Uh, no, he might not
1: have to, because we could be in his suite oh, in the Commanders Stadium. Right,
2: because oh, that's part of uh, CeCe's ESPN suite, as Bob Myers in it. So... The Vrabel move is stunning for many reasons because, it, it, in a weird way, it goes back to Harbaugh five, six, seven years ago when people are like, oh, get Harbaugh out of Michigan. Okay, who are you going to hire that's better than him exactly versus letting him turn it around? I would apply that same logic to Vrabel. Who exactly are you going to hire that's better than Vrabel versus just letting him turn things around in Tennessee? But I think the Vrabel thing becomes even more interesting because of the state of the Patriots. If the, if the Patriots won a Super Bowl last year and they just had an off year this year, Vrabel being available is interesting. It's not as interesting as the idea of did a replacement for Belichick, if the Crafts want to go in that direction, just fall in their laps without them having to give up any compensation to get him. And then at that point, I know you've suggested, CeCe, don't worry about the trade with Belichick. If he wants to go, let him go. If you want him to go, let him go it makes it a lot easier to justify it saying, hey, we didn't have to give up anything for Vrabel here.
1: Yeah, he's available too, though. That's the thing. Vrabel is 48 years old, and you already got proof of concept. So if you were thinking about moving on from Belichick and Vrabel was on the short list, which I'm presuming Robert Kraft already has, right? Like, if he's going to make this decision... This is something that he's already been workshopping. Remember, go back to what he said at the owners' meetings this offseason when he was talking about not allowing people to chase after individual accolades. They're not an organization that would do that when it comes to players. Presumptively, they wouldn't allow Bill Belichick to chase Don Shula's all-time win record. If he laid down the gauntlet and, and emphasized the importance of the Patriots having a good season this year in 2023, and Bill Belichick has his worst season, It's hard to imagine that Robert Kraft hasn't been entertaining the idea of life after Belichick, and have some inkling of where he wants to go. I gotta imagine Vrabel being honored and put in the Patriots Hall of Fame is a clear, an obvious place that they would actually look into in terms of their next head coach. And now that he's available for nothing, for just money. It just makes it more palatable to move on from Belichick. So if you were thinking about doing it, if you think that you might move on from Bill Belichick this offseason or in the next year, then you should make the move now because of Mike Vrabel being available.
3: Yeah. Didn't that moment feel like foreshadowing when he was, the crowd was going wild for him and he was talking about the Patriots using we and us. It just felt like in that moment we were getting a glimpse into what the future looked like in new England with Mike Vrabel as a part of it. And the fact that Tennessee would move on from a coach like this and just outright fire him and not even try to get anything in return from him via trade, because the, process seemed too complicated i just can't understand it i can't understand moving on from him period especially if part of the reasoning why is because he and the general manager are not in alignment with one another that part why wouldn't you give mike vrabel the benefit of the doubt in that scenario he's had a lot well, that of sh- should have
2: been a year ago right i mean because like was he involved in the Rancarton hiring no
3: but it's <laughs> clearly just, not yeah, <laughs> it just seems like ownership doesn't really know what they're doing here it really seems to me like if if I'm having to choose between these two people or make an adjustment here, I'm going to go with the guy who always has his team prepared, who players love to play for, who's had success in this league, who who is a really great part of this community. I mean, a lot of people love Mike Vrabel there. And if it's not him, even though it's great that he now has the option to choose where he wants to go, I'm running a business here. And if I don't think that you're good enough, I'm going to try to leverage this to my advantage and get something for you in return if possible. And they didn't do that.
2: I'm torn as a Pats fan because these scenarios here, like I don't want Belichick out, but let's just play it positively for Belichick. Let's say Belichick won a Super Bowl last year, walked off, said, I'm done, I'm retiring. And then I was told Mike Vrabel replaces him. I would throw a party. I would be like, this is the greatest possible replacement ever. But in order to get Mike Vrabel now, you have to get rid of Belichick. And that still doesn't sit well with me. I still want to give him more time, but the replacement is But how much more so time obvious. does he have? Well, That's it, the other question. Here's the weird thing. We, we have sat here and said... The coaches that are available, Belichick, potentially, Harbaugh, and Vrabel are so good. Potentially, true. Are so good where they can get employed
1: coaches fired.
2: Belichick's one of those employed coaches where they, they can get fired because of Vrabel's availability. Like, their but whole it's plan not, but could not, yesterday. But they're not
1: firing just Belica- Belichick, the head coach. They're firing Belichick, the general manager, too. Yeah. Because the Belichick, the GM, made life harder for Belichick to head coach. And here's the part where it gets a little sticky. They can't just bring in a different general manager and have Bill Belichick report into that person because of how accomplished Belichick is with that franchise. Like, even if you're a general manager and and you've given autonomy by the owner to make this team out in your image and full personnel control, you're still going to be beholden to Bill Belichick just because of what he's done for the team.
2: There's only one general manager in the NFL – that I would say has the guts right now to be above Belichick with New England and actually act like his boss and he ain't coming there, and I can't believe I'm saying this, it's Brian Goodenkunst. He's the only one who's proven in the entire league that he has guts to do something that no one else would do with the Green oh, Bay yeah, Packers? To, yeah. Yeah, but no, I know he's on. not going anywhere, no, no, but, but he has on, hold guts.
3: On. Hold on. I think Bill Belichick is in a completely different scenario. He, If he's leaving New England or they're bringing someone in, he's humbled in that scenario. And he even said in his end-of-season press conference that he's open to that idea. And so I don't think it might take the guts that we once thought it would take to be in, be able to slide into that role. If he wants to hang I on think, to- I think
1: it would work if it's somewhere else. It yes, wouldn't he work. If, a boss it wouldn't else. work if Belichick stayed in Foxborough.
2: But he, but
3: he said that he'd be open to that idea. That
1: sounds good. <laughs> that
2: sounds good. No, I think I, I think in New England, his boss is always going to be Kraft, whether he has a boss or not. Elsewhere, if he goes to Atlanta, he may be reporting to Rich McKay. Before no, I'm serious. Like, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're like, right. That's that's how the structure is. Rich McKay, the team president, and then obviously Arthur Blank, the team owner. Now. We talk about Brian Gutenko's having the guts to move on from Aaron Rodgers, something that I think Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL reporter, who joined us earlier on our show, would do if he were the Jets because the Jets, per Graz, are all in on Rodgers for better or worse.
4: From the Jets' perspective, since Rodgers got there, in fact, since before Rodgers got there, everything has seemed to be about having Aaron Rodgers and doing whatever that took to to maintain. So I don't think you're going to hear anything bad from the Jets about Aaron Rodgers, no matter what lunatic insanity he spews on anyone's airways. Uh, I think they're all in, for better or for worse. Whether that's a good thing for the Jets or not remains to be seen. So far, it has been a disastrously bad thing for the Jets. And they're a year in, so but they're not gonna. I don't think they're gonna like wake up and go, "Oh, this guy's poisonous. We need to get rid of him." They're all in.
2: He also gave us the perception around the league around Rogers.
4: I think Aaron's you know sort of living down to his reputation in a lot of ways uh, as a as a you know attention hungry you know self absorbed individual that you know you hear a lot of things about how he's been in the Jets building since he got there and they're positive you know. Con artists can be very convincing, and, and uh, I think if he's if he's got the Jets fooled about who he is, then that's too bad for them, and eventually they'll pay the price for it, but uh, he's obviously uh, a liar and a, a, a narcissistic con artist uh, who is bad for everything he touches, and I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price.
2: Outside of CeCe's laugh, your biggest takeaway <laughs> from that clip, the thing that you will remember the most from what Graz said, because he just torched Rodgers.
3: Well, I think the biggest takeaway that I have is that they're all in no matter what, that there is no wiggle room here at all. And I just can't believe that the Jets are going to run this back and continue to allow this. They have to take some power back At least I think they do, but it doesn't seem like that's their desire. It feels like they've made their bed, and as Graz just outlined there, that they're going to lie in it for better or for worse. And it's clearly proven that it didn't work this year. Yes, Aaron Rodgers didn't play, so we don't really know what the results would have been on the field had he been healthy. But I do know that all the stuff that happened off the field didn't contribute to positive vibes or any progress with the New York Jets. I mean, how is Aaron Rodgers being in the headline, beefing with late-night hosts, putting himself in controversial situations, leading to the Jets making progress towards winning a Super Bowl? He said it himself. We've got to get all the BS out of the building that doesn't involve winning and doesn't involve football. And then simultaneously within 24 hours he goes on the pat mcafee show thank you by the way for the headlines and for the conversation points and puts himself right? again in the line of fire to be a discussion point point. and if i am the jets there is no way that as my employee i'm going to continue to allow this because he's representing us as a brand and it doesn't seem like they have that perspective which is quite frankly shocking to me
1: yeah they can't get the stink off of this I just kept thinking. They have to win a Super Bowl. I just kept thinking that Rodgers has done irreparable harm to his brand. And, and it's starting to spill over onto the Jets, too. Explain. Well, I, I mean, I, I think what's understood ain't got to be said. This guy is, is sitting here trying to walk back comments that he made last week, suggesting that Jimmy Kimmel could be on the Jeffrey Epstein list. We found out that that was a lie. Once upon a time, a few years ago, he told us that he was "quote unquote" immunized, and we took that to mean he was vaccinated. No, he wasn't. We found out that was a lie. So when Dan Graziano calls him a liar, that that is that is objectively true. That's that's not opinion. That is just fact. So I mean that that's where this thing is gone. It's it's bizarro world, and he he starts to litigate these things in these rants that have nothing to do with winning football games. And I just wonder how much winning has to happen in order to make it worth it for the New York Jets. I just smalls the Jets are desperate to keep this man. They like Robin from the Real Housewives of Potomac. They are just desperate so to wait, keep to, to keep this man. So
3: Aaron Rodgers is Juan Dixon? Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is Juan
1: Dixon. <laughs> if you Aaron, know you know. Aaron Rodgers you know, you know. is Juan Dixon. That's that's where we're at right now. Like that's that's where we're at. And I just can't believe that the Jets and Rob Sala and Joe Douglas thought once upon a time that this was the best route for them to go to make this thing consistently competitive and to try to win a championship.
2: I just want to be clear. That wasn't an invitation for me to start breaking down the 2002 Maryland National Championship team, right? With that is that Juan Dixon yeah, we're talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's yeah. on the real House Like of Steve, Blake, Steve
1: Blake, Juan Dixon? Steve Blake, Juan Dixon, yeah. He's on that show? Yeah. He's on that show. Did well, he some- know that? sometimes he's not on that
3: show. He, he tries to dodge it, but yeah, I think yeah, contractually yeah, he has to show. be on from time to time. So we
2: just compared Aaron Rodgers to Juan Dixon.
3: If you know, you know, Evan.
2: I clearly don't. Coming up, <laughs> respect it or check it. Next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio.
0: so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C dot
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio.
3: Welcome back to Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. I'm Michelle Smallman alongside Super Bowl champion Chris Canty and oh. Evan Cohen.
2: I won six with the Pats, to be fair. As a fan. Really, Evan. five.
1: I became were you a consultant. Were you a consultant too? Or- yeah, yeah, I consulted. You consulted with yeah. the team? Okay. But, Evan, uh-huh. the
3: fact that you could I'm the inflator. leave. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you can leave the Pats if Bill Belichick leaves means you have to vacate those titles.
2: Oh, my titles no, I like vacated. that. Yeah. I like that. If, you, if, if, you if you're not a real yeah. fan, yeah. you've got to vacate I the mean, titles. If Rabel's, ba- if Rabel's there, I could stay. I right? mean, are
1: you a real fan or are you like a Javante Lawrence fan ooh, where you don't ooh, watch, sleep during where the, you don't watch Do the entire Super Bowl? Is that how it works? Don't
5: tell these people lies.
0: Javante
2: <laughs> falling asleep during the Michigan game created a whole thing around here at ESPN yesterday. It was halftime. At Unsports ESPN, (laughs) at ESPN Radio on Twitter, because he fell asleep for like 20 minutes, but we just pounced on him because he's a Michigan grad. And Rob Lorenzo, our social and digital expert, started walking around and asking everybody on camera, can you fall asleep during a game and be considered a fan? And people destroyed that concept. Greeny was on there saying, no, of course not. And Javante Lawrence fell asleep at halftime, and we destroyed him for it. Anyway, Smalls, go ahead. Respect it or check it.
3: Time for respect it or check it, guys. This week's version is wild card teams that should be on upset alert, okay?
2: That they could get upset, you're saying? Yes. Okay, got mm-hmm. it.
3: Okay, first one. The Browns should be on upset alert. Respect it or check it? I'm
1: going to respect it, man. CJ Stroud is that dude, and we keep waiting for him to play like a rookie, and he just hasn't. And in the biggest moments, this dude has shined. In a winning end game on the road against the division rival, he found a way to be on the right side of that outcome, down two of his top three receivers. Why would I think he would come up small against the the Cleveland Browns and here's the other thing the Cleveland Browns defense on the road ain't like that they're they're giving up what 29 points a game on the road as opposed to 13 points a game at home so the fact that they're on the road uh, I think that benefits the Houston Texans so yeah the Browns should be on upset alert
2: I respect it too not because I'm going to pick the Browns to lose but I mean if we're going to look at this matchup CJ Stroud is arguably the better quarterback so when you have the better quarterback at home like this that is not a mistake-prone quarterback because I know what one of the next ones is going to be, so I have to protect myself against that argument. Okay. Um, I think you have to respect it. I mean, this is I even said to somebody in Cleveland this week, I said, are we sure the Browns are going to win? He goes, no, I'm not sure at all that the Browns are going to win because this Houston team is very good and Stroud is Stroud's going to be that dude at
1: some point here, so yeah. I
2: respect it.
3: Next one, the Chiefs should be on upset alert versus the Dolphins. Respect it or check it.
1: Uh, what's the temperature going to be at kickoff? Respect it.
3: I think a, Respect a, it. a nice balmy zero degrees, yeah. right? Or maybe lower a than ne- that.
1: A negative wind chill, because that's a Saturday night game. Correct me if I'm wrong, so some will be down. Yeah, I'm, I don't think this is going to work out too well for the guys down in Miami. So I'm going to say check it. Chiefs don't need to worry about being on upset alert.
2: I, I agree with you, CC. but I would like to defer to Smalls on one thing. With the Comeback Player of the Year award, there's a guy we may have left out, Smalls, involved in this game at, with the Dolphins. That is an interesting angle here.
5: Well,
3: if we were talking about... Oh, we, if we were talking about this prior to... <laughs> we need
2: security again for the third time. We have a fallen tripod in our studio.
3: <laughs> we're just having issue after issue we today We are as having a show. Time today. We're going to be good to uh, turn the page to Thursday. But anyway... Heading into the season, if I would have told you, what if I told you in the preseason that Tua Tungavailoa led his team to the playoffs and he was healthy for the entirety of the regular season? We'd be talking about comeback player of the year, no?
2: He'd be in the conversation. We probably That's probably on the list of maybe we should acknowledge this more, like Baker Mayfield replacing Tom Brady and being successful, right? Maybe we should acknowledge more Tua actually doing what we said we're not sure if he could do. Start seventeen games. The problem is, CC has every right as he's done to say, "Okay, now that he started seventeen games, where am I going with that?" And the question is, we don't know the answer. Well, yet.
1: yeah, there's that. Plus, you let a team that was six and six through week twelve come back and win the division. That's another thing. So that that, that is a massive disappointment, and that Tua has to wear that. So, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Eight o'clock kickoff in Arrowhead Stadium Saturday night with that weather. Yeah. Yeah, nah. Nah, they ain't got to Oh, plus. You think they, Joe Coy is going to be the Plus, the Dolphins are going at, they're signing Justin Houston and Bruce Irvin because they need pass rush help? Let I'm sorry. Is. If you can't put pressure on Pat Mahomes, even with his receivers dropping the pass, it's going to be a problem for you. So, yeah, yep. nah. That's a check it for me. Chiefs shouldn't be on upset alert.
3: Next one. Buffalo, Pittsburgh. Should the Bills be on upset alert? Respect it or check it?
1: Check it and it better be a check-in. It
3: better be a check-in. It better
1: be a a check-in. I get that this is the William and Mary reunion between Sean McDermott and Mike Tomlin, but if you let the (laughs) Mason Rudolph-led Steelers come into your house and beat you, then it should absolutely be on the board that Sean McDermott could be fired. Like, I I just don't see a world in which that's going to happen. Steelers are a good story, but ultimately you have the better quarterback, you have the better team, you're at home you can't lose this game. So I'm going to check it. Bills shouldn't be on upset alert.
2: I'm not backing down now. I'm respecting it. Ooh. I mean, at Ooh. any given point, the starting quarterback could throw two interceptions in the first half. At any given That's point, fair. the That's quarterback fair. could fumble the football. At That's any fair. given point, the quarterback could sit there and say, whether consciously or unconsciously, I'm going to win this game for us versus, Josh, hand the ball off 50 times and you're going to win. 50. 50. Forget 40, 50. We don't even need you to throw a pass in this game, and we're going to win if you do your job giving the ball to James Cook and company and Leonard Fournette and playoff Lenny in the mix. I can't trust that he's always going to do that. Until he does that for multiple games in a row in the postseason, I'm always going to respect the idea that they could be an upset.
1: My boy Nick Wright said the other 105 players on the field are all worried about Josh Allen. Yeah. <laughs> that means the guys on his team and the guys on the other team, yeah. they're all worried about Josh Totally, <laughs> Totally,
3: totally. Um, <laughs> next one, guys. Dallas Green Bay, respect it or check it, the Cowboys should be on upset alert.
1: Ooh, I'm going to respect it just because you got the head coach quarterback combination of Jordan Love and Matt LaFleur. They've been so good. I mean, Jordan Love has been the best quarterback the last two months of football. He has been. I mean, he's 6-2 and two over the last eight games, and he's got an 18-1 to touchdown to interception ratio. Like, he's been phenomenal. Matt LaFleur has proven that he can win in the postseason. And so I would say the Cowboys need to be concerned with this. And if we're looking at the two head coaches, if you were to tell me that this game is going to come down to a coaching error, I would say that that's advantage Green Bay. I have more confidence in Matt LaFleur as a coach and a game manager than I do than Mike McCarthy. Now, that being said, I I, I think the Cowboys will win this game, but I got to respect the fact – that there could be an upset in this matchup.
2: I'm checking it. I'm going to believe in the Cowboys until otherwise proven, or if they face the Niners. I mean, I believe in them. I think the Dak Prescott's been off, awesome. Excuse me. I almost said awful. Awesome. He's gotten <laughs> over that hump a little bit, and Mike McCarthy is underrated. And the moment that he has a bad move in the playoffs, I'm not going to have a leg to stand on, and I'm going to get destroyed, and I'll take that, but I'm going to say check it on that. I believe in the Cowboys here.
3: All right, Lions-Rams. Should Detroit be on upset alert?
1: Yes. Yes, I mean I didn't but, even know who the favorite was on no, this no, one. The, That's the, like the, it feels the Rams even, have right? won 7 of their last 8 games. How how can the Lions not be on upset alert?
3: And they have ha- they have players who've won a Super Bowl on their team. At yeah,
1: their they absolutely should be on upset and alert. Now again, I think Detroit is the more physical of the two teams and I would still give them the edge, but yeah, they should absolutely be on upset alert. Respect it.
2: Uh, I respect it because I didn't even know who the favorite was. Like, that's how close I think this game could be. I mean, I, I assumed it was Detroit, obviously. But I think when you look at this scenario right now, this is this is an either way to- coin toss c- kind of game. So, yes, absolutely respect the fact that the Lions could be on an upset alert. Did you notice, by the way, Javante Lawrence, Michigan man, did not use sound effects for anything other than when CC questioned the Lions here. You felt the need, Javante, at that point to put the what drop in there, correct? <laughs> Yes, I did. Okay. What? Man, a few words. <laughs> Javante Lawrence. I
1: mean, I'm rooting for the Lions, too. I'm rooting for the Lions, too.
3: I'm rooting for Jared Goff. This is I'm, a Jared Goff the revenge game. Everyone's talking about Matt Stafford going back to Detroit. This is Jared Goff's revenge I'm game.
1: I'm rooting for the Rams. Uh, 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 I'm rooting for the Lions, man. The Lions need nice things. The Rams won a championship a couple of years ago. Can the Lions have their day in the sun? I know they play indoors, but they deserve (laughs) their figurative day in the sun. Like, it's time, right? I'm rooting for Dan Campbell, my former teammate. I'm rooting for a good friend of mine, Wayne Paxton. We call him Papa Wayne. He's a former fireman in the Detroit area. He's going to the game. Him and his brother, they're fired up. Nice. Like, I'm, ex- I'm excited for Detroit Lions fans because it's been a long time since they can feel good about their team, and they're hosting a home playoff game.
2: What an interesting question. Can you, ha- can you say about somebody to have their day in, their s- in the sun if you don't live in a sunny place or if you, you play indoors?
1: Even more reason for to them have, to have day their in the day
2: sun. in the sun. <laughs> We're <What else> on <laughs> Sports <be> like <laughs> presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. What do the Bears do at number one?
2: Been a big topic of conversation, obviously, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. We are Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. ESPN. You. You and SiriusXM, 80 ESPN app all across the country on ESPN stations. Chase Daniel played 14 years in the NFL. He is an NFL network analyst, chasing it, 33rd team podcast as well, and he joins us now. Chase, who should the Bears quarterback be next year?
6: I think it should be Justin Fields. I love that you just jumped right in. <laughs> to it too. That, that, that's amazing. Can I I tell you what I I
2: wanted to ask? But since I got this personality out of you, now I'm going to do it. You know how Harbaugh says who's got it better than you? Nobody. I think you have it better than Harbaugh. You had a lengthy NFL career. You made a ton of money. You didn't necessarily have in games the wear and tear that other people have. And now you're a media star. Do you, Chase Daniel, have it better than Harbaugh?
6: Hey, man, I'm just trying to make it in this, in this media world, man. You, I'm trying to learn from you guys and from everyone like that. I'm trying to be a good teammate on NFL network. It's been a great career. 14 years, um, was an amazing blessing. And I've always known that I wanted to get in type of media stuff, but between all the stuff I'm doing right now, I feel like I'm more, uh, busy now than ever. I have three small kids, a six, a three and a two year old. So dad duty, I'm making lunches, drop off, pick up, like, I'm getting the full gamut of stuff, especially from my wife after 14, years. She's like, oh, you got everything. So it's been pretty busy in the Daniel household. Okay.
1: Oh, with all those young kids, y'all definitely play his old defense. I'm just saying, I know, Man, i know. I'll tell you what.
2: <laughs> Did you just say parenting. parenting is harder than playing in the NFL? Is that what you just said? <laughs>
6: Absolutely 100%. Wow. 100%. My our kid is our 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 boy is 6, Preston, and he's just now getting to the phase of like sports. So I'm coaching, I'm the head coach for football. He's got a basketball team started up which I got no idea how to coach basketball, but I'm going to try my best. And I'm also coaching baseball. So it's a fun phase for them. Our girls are awesome. They're in dance. They're in hit, like, they're three and a half, two and a half. They're best friends. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to survive right now. I'm trying to do my best job possible.
1: All right. So you're talking about wearing a coaching hat. I got to ask you, if Justin Fields is going to be the quarterback for the Bears in 2024, who should be coaching him, keeping in mind all of the potential head coaches that are out there to be had during this hiring cycle?
6: Yeah, look, look, I mean, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. Matt Eberflus was my defensive college coordinator. So um I'm really close with Eber. And I think what Eber's shown, especially down the stretch, right, they were four and two going into that Packers game, obviously lost that Packers game, Packers in the playoffs. But it's sort of the guy who galvanized the locker room, it was Justin Fields. And I think what Eber was able to do with his defense down down the stretch, I thought it was awesome. I thought they played really, really well. Um, And so, look, there's a reason you hired him, right? To be your head coach. I know there's a lot of candy on the market right now, uh, like Rabel, Belichick, Harbaugh. I mean, Ben Johnson, there's a lot of big time names. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you just got to keep the stability. I think you got to keep Eber. I really just think you need to keep Justin Fields. I think, you know, based on I did a like a really deep dive on all 13 games that Justin Fields play. And the biggest thing I saw was growth, and his ceiling just continued to rise. And that to me is showing growth. I mean, you've played really well. His pocket presence got well. He didn't hold on to the ball like he did earlier. And, and when you go back and actually look at it, It's the Chiefs game where he threw for 99 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. That was really the the changing of guards. Luke he finally put him in after that game, an offense that he fits well in, and that's a spread them out, let them run shotgun. They were under center play action like old school, like uh, Packers, Aaron Rodgers days. When Getsy was in in Green Bay. And so when he finally changed that, you look at the Broncos, 335 yards passing, four touchdowns. The next game, Commanders, 282 yards, four touchdowns. The next game, Minnesota got hurt, did something to his thumb, and then really played well down the stretch in division. Um, look, I, I just think right now. You don't know what the number one pick is going to give you. You don't know what Caleb Williams or Drake may. Those are the two, in my opinion, that you would take are going to get you. Why don't you trade back from one to two or three draft a a left tackle, get Marvin Harrison, Jr. Surround Justin Fields with weapons. If you do that, I think this guy and Justin Fields will be a playmaker for you.
3: Chase I want to ask you about Josh uh, Allen excuse me I almost says Josh McDaniels but Josh Allen I saw you tweet about how he was in his own head and that was contributing to turnovers as we enter the playoffs obviously when we analyze the bills Josh Allen turning the ball over is a main component to whether we think that that team can be successful or not how can he get out of his own head especially in big games like the playoffs.
6: Yeah, I mean, this is the entire and full Josh Allen experience, what we experienced on Sunday Night Football Game 272. And when I was doing a little bit of a deep dive into him, first of all, he led the NFL in touchdowns 44, and he was second in the NFL in turnovers with 21, two behind Sam Howell. And so I think the biggest thing for him is just be yourself. Everyone says it, and the media people understand it, players understand it. But that just means just don't do more than what you can do. Okay. You're an amazing player without the turnovers and this turnaround. Like he would have been the MVP. I'm, I really do believe that if you look at pure numbers, I thought he was the most valuable person and player on his team and in the league, but the turnovers are going to make Lamar Jackson have it. And Lamar is awesome at it. But I think with Josh Allen, the, the, the offensive coordinator change, you, you rarely see it. They were six. In six, at one point during the the season this year, in December. And then you win your last five to go 11 and six. I think the defense is playing a lot better. I think the way that they have run um their offense has changed. It's run first. James cook has burst onto the scene. Josh Allen has 15 rushing touchdowns. So you don't have to throw it every single down to win play ball control. Exactly what Sean McDermott wants. And rarely do you see like one little change of an offensive coordinator position, make a, a team this dangerous. Look, The fact that going into game 272 against Miami, they could have been out of the playoffs, right, if Tennessee didn't upset Jacksonville, or they would have been the two seed is wild to me. They're a very scary team in the playoffs, and the playoffs are just better with Josh Allen in it.
2: We're talking with failed six-year-old basketball coach uh, Chase Daniel (laughs) here (laughs) on ESPN (laughs) Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Outside of Mahomes, as a former quarterback, if you're telling those quarterbacks that are coming into the draft Watch this guy play and learn from him. Who's this guy that they should watch?
6: Wow, um, man, that is a that's a really good question. Um, look at, at the top of the uh, top of the quarterback list for me. Like I, I love the way Lamar Jackson has played. It, you know, his whole career he's been doubted as a th- as a thrower, and Todd Monken comes in completely changes. Um, his dynamic and how he's playing the game and if you watch them the first four or five games of the season they were struggling to understand that offense the receivers had a really high uh, drop rate almost six percent only only team higher than that was the Kansas City Chiefs and they figured out a way to just get on the same page and if you watch Lamar right uh, and what Munkin's done with that offense it's A drop back on first down. It's quick game. It's a screen. It's a uh, shotgun RPO. It's under center run game. It's under center play. They are so multiple. And the way that Lamar has really played the game this year, he bet on himself in the offseason. And that's the way the game's moving. you got to be able to have a quick quarterback to get out of trouble, to understand. But, like, his footwork and his arm angles and his arm strength and his accuracy has really, like, sort of blown me away this year.
1: Chase, in looking at this class of quarterbacks that's coming from the college ranks uh, into the NFL draft, I'm curious to get your perspective on uh, the top quarterbacks in this class. If you have to power rank them one through five, who are the top quarterbacks in your mind's eye?
6: Well, I think one through three really stand out for me. So I'm going to do one through three if that's cool with you. And and I think for me, like one A and one B, it would be Caleb Williams and Drake May. And I haven't – I've watched three or four games on each of them, and I haven't really made my decision on what I think. The thing with Caleb Williams that really stands out to me and what I've heard from um, staff and uh, scouts and everything like that is – He reminds people of a young Patrick Mahomes in college, and so that's exciting for people, the way he moves in the pocket, the way he makes plays outside of the pocket, his arm angle, his arm talent, which means can you throw from different platforms? It is really good. He makes those splash plays. On the other hand, you go to Drake May at UNC. I personally think he's the most pro-ready. If you're running a pro-style offense, I liken him to not necessarily his play, but the footwork, his demeanor, everything to like a young Drew Brees at Purdue because he throws on time. He's in rhythm. He can make plays outside of the pocket, but he feels best within that pocket. He's more athletic than people uh, uh, lend him to be, but I think his accuracy is a little bit better in terms of throwing the ball in the intermediate windows. You talk about those layered throws over linebackers. Um, underneath safeties. um, He's one of the best I've seen at it. And then, honestly, I know he had a tough game against Michigan, but Michael Penix Jr., to me, has shown the ability, the the deep ball for him. He might throw the best deep ball of anyone I've seen. And the fact that, look, lefties in general get a bad bad like name in the NFL, but what Tua's doing, I think it actually helps Michael Penix Jr., and I think he's probably going to get drafted higher than a lot of people think.
3: Chase, before we let you go, I'm a St. Louis girl. Just wanted to congratulate you. An unbelievable season for your Mizzou Tigers and football this year. Congrats. I'm oh, sure you're pumped.
6: God, Thank you. you. Vomit. Yeah, no, let's go. On, it, it, what a wild, oh, what a wild year. Right? What a wild year though. It's it's like no one expects I think we were picked fourth in our division, uh, in our in our within the the SEC. And then what Coach Drink has been able to do with that program. I mean, you bring in Kirby Moore. Obviously, Blake Baker goes to LSU as a defensive coordinator. We lose him. That's a big loss. But I think that, like, to win against Ohio State, and I know they weren't playing Marvin Harrison Jr. I know they weren't playing their quarterback. It's sort of a program-defining win. It's that next step that you need to take. And to finish eighth in the country, I'm proud as well.
2: Chase Daniel, 14-year NFL vet. He's working for the 33rd team doing the podcast there, NFL Network. He's coaching his kids, which he said <laughs> is harder than playing in the NFL. Thank you for a few minutes. We do appreciate it, Chase.
6: Thanks guys. Appreciate uh, you. all
2: Coming up are on Sportsmanlike Moments of the Day and Canty's Best Bet next on Sportsmanlike.
5: This show is sponsored by Better Help. We all carry around different stressors, I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning
1: championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. We
2: survived a terrible, terrible moment in our history. The most Unsportsmanlike
1: moment of the day. That was terrible. It was not a great look.
2: Yes, we will have... Our most unsportsmanlike moments of the day, which really fall under the great rants of the day. Who are you pointing to? It's
1: oh, from, from the, the window. W- oh, oh, got wall. it. Come on, man.
2: I thought somebody was over there. Let's
3: no. not say the next part.
2: <laughs> no, see, that's, that's on you. That is on you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I want to keep my job. Let's it's not say the next part.
1: It's great. <laughs> it's perfect. It's just the perfect. lyrics. Perfect timing perfect time but it was a moment though it was a moment it oh. happened it was a moment why it was, what's it, it so college. cc has
2: ding, ding, ding. best bet which um per nuno our that's producer is just a bet. <laughs> nuno, would you like to share with the world what you asked cc in a break here
4: i can't even remember but something along the lines uh you actually got anything that's going to hit this time or no who?
2: he asked have you ever gotten one right
1: no, I've well, got no, no. That's what
2: no, no, uh, he, no, was, no. he was
1: asking about the new year. Yeah, new I, year, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm cold right now. I'm cold, but we're gonna come out of our You're confident tonight. I'm conf. I'm very. Very confident tonight. I love it. I'm very confident tonight.
3: Let's manifest Go for it. We're
1: manifesting right now. And I need you to be positive and I need you I need to, to be on board. I know it is first. Well, nope, I need you to be positive matter. no so matter blindly? what. So blindly? Be yeah. supportive. So if you
2: pick against the just team like with, tonight. Just, just
1: like the things that your kids are into, extracurricular activities, you're positive <laughs> about those. I need you to be positive about <laughs> this activity for me. I oh, need yeah. you to be very, positive. Very similar in that regard. Uh, but okay. It might not be very Evan, similar, but I just need that. I need that kind of positivity. Evan, <laughs> all right, all right. I need right, that Evan, kind of positivity. Our thoughts
3: become our reality. Exactly. So we've got to think positively, and we will yield positive results. Snap That's, what,
1: not we're back doing, to that's what we're doing oh, in 2024. Rabbit. Why does everything have to turn into a rap lyric? I don't know. Guys? I don't, I don't know. understand I that. I don't know. I don't understand that. Anyway, anyway. We're going to go back to the association. Even though the Mavs gave me the old screw job, I don't know how, with Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving scoring a combined 64 points, you lose to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's neither here nor there. We're going to go back to the association. And I'm looking at Pelicans visiting the Warriors. Both teams haven't played since Sunday. Now, the the Pelicans have won five of their last six games. They've beaten teams like the, uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're impressive. The only loss during that stretch, the Los Angeles Clippers. Ain't no shame in that with the way the Clippers are playing. Conversely, the Golden State Warriors have lost five of their last seven. So, no Draymond Green. Gonna have a hard time contending with the front line for the Pelicans. I'm going with the New Orleans Pelicans on the money line. But, I'm gonna go with Steph Curry over... 27 and a half points. Pelicans are on the money line. Steph Curry over 27 and a half points. Ev, you're giving me that look. I don't like it. Go ahead and say what you're going to say. At some point, the Warriors are going to turn this around. You know you what? You think it's tonight?
3: I'll tell you what. At some point, CeCe's going to turn this around. He's going to turn this thing around. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I need you to be more positive.
2: January Why can't 10th. you be more like Mark Smalls? Be Mark positive.
1: Game on ABC, by the way.
2: Game is on ABC.
3: Circle today in your calendar, people, because January 10th starts... CeCe's hot
1: streak. There we go. There we go. Going into the, the NFL playoffs. Wild card weekend. We got to start warming up. Tonight is the night. That's right. Again, Pelicans on the money line. Steph Curry over 27.5 points. 27 and a half points. Pays out at plus 267. By the way, the Zion chatter's quieted.
2: Right, One of those things where you
1: talk about it when
2: you talk about it, and then when it gets back to normal, it's like, oh, yeah, you forget that exists.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, the Pelicans, they beat the Timberwolves, they beat the Kings. I'm just saying they're beating good teams. Yep. They're being right. good teams. Beat so, my
2: Lakers. Unsportsmanlike a moment of the day. We normally do something funny, weird, quirky, whatever. Today, we're going to do it a little bit differently. We're going to have a sound off, so to speak. There's going to be three pieces of audio, and then I'm going to give you something at the end of what happened with no audio, and we have to say which one had the loudest sound, right? Okay, you'll, you'll understand when I get to this here. So first, we're going to start off with the Lakers and the uh, Raptors last night. Um, Darko Ryakovich, the coach of the Raptors, the free throw differential between the Raptors and the Lakers. The Lakers shot how many more free throws in the fourth quarter? 22 or 21. Why would I have set that up if it wasn't 21? 21. 21. 21. Darko went off last night as a result. You'd Thank see. you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. That's what? that's that's outrageous. What happened tonight this is completely BS this is shame. Shame for the referees shame for the league to allow this. 23 free throws for them and we get two free throws in the in fourth quarter how to play the game. I all, I understand respect for all stars and all that but we have star players on our team as well. If that's, if that's the case just let us know so we don't show up for the game. Just give them a win. But that, that was not fair tonight and this is not happening first time for us. Scotty Barnes is going to be all star. He's going to be the face of this league and what's happening over here during whole season i've been holding you back it's a complete crap okay all right so we have that right don't don't go again. don't give me an answer yet it's the loudest sound so to speak all right next is going to be dan graziano from us here on Unsportsmanlike like earlier in our show and we're going to play these back-to-back his opinions about aaron Rodgers.
4: From the Jets' perspective, since Rodgers got there, in fact, since before Rodgers got there, everything has seemed to be about having Aaron Rodgers and doing whatever that took to to maintain. So I don't think you're going to hear anything bad from the Jets about Aaron Rodgers, no matter what lunatic insanity he spews on anyone's airways. Uh, I think they're all in, for better or for worse. Whether that's a good thing for the Jets or not remains to be seen. So far, it has been a disastrously bad thing for the Jets and they're a year in so but they're not gonna i don't think they're gonna like wake up and go oh this guy's poisonous we need to get rid of him they're all in i think aaron's you know sort of living down to his reputation in a lot of ways uh as a as a you know attention hungry you know self-absorbed individual that you know you hear a lot of things about how he's been in the jets building since he got there and they're positive you know Con artists can be very convincing, and, and uh, I think if he's if he's got the Jets fooled about who he is, then that's too bad for them, and eventually they'll pay the price for it. But uh, he's obviously. Uh, a liar and a, a, a narcissistic con artist uh, who is bad for everything he touches. And I think ultimately the Jets will pay the price.
2: The last one, wow, from Graziano there on the sound off is uh, from the New York Post, where on your former side of the ball on defense in the with the Giants, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, cursed out Brian Dayball, the head coach, walked out and they assumed he resigned, although he hasn't heard, they haven't heard the resignation yet. So which one made the loudest sound, so to speak, here on Unsportsmanlike, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you're looking for a career path with flexibility and great pay and benefit, go to progressive.com slash careers and apply online today. CC?
1: Yeah, I'd have to say it was Dan Graziano. I was just waiting for the Nas ether beat to drop.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Smalls? Mm-hmm. Graz? Yes. You're not going to answer. You're just going Well, we're running out, time, running out of time, like guys. <laughs> she yeah, <time>, right? <laughs> just gave him...
3: Mm. Well, I'm sorry. Look, we have like 10 seconds left. I did. Yeah, I gave you the Rick Ross right there. Sorry.
2: Rick Ross, by the way, who on Udonis Haslam's podcast said it took him two years to go in every room in his home. Greeny, coming up next. We are on to Thursday. We're on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN
1: Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle.
0: This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working,